0: This week in the parish of Bourses and Market Structure, there's another FCA tinker, overworked Swedes, and calls to break up London Stock Exchange Group. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest, episode 226. Good day ladies and gentlemen, this is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter. The unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com And a very happy new year to you all ladies and gentlemen and let's start in bit carnage this week. Happy news for FTX creditors. Liquidators are saying payments could be as high as 90%, while in the open market, Bloomberg reports that FTX claims have reached 73 cents on the dollar on a claims market platform. It's certainly a long way from the dark days of a year ago when all seemed lost. Although, how can we summarise the year in crypto 2023? Well, it certainly had a new hope, but it's quite a sting in the tail given the distributed Truth reported by Bloomberg, which appears to suggest that crime pays. That Bloomberg headline, ousted Binance Founder, and indeed one might add fugitive, CZ's fortune grew by twenty-five billion dollars in 2023. If you enjoy this excerpt, you may be interested to know. You can read BitCarnage every day in Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update and happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. Leading our stories, and this is our first edition of 2024. Britain has proposed a post Brexit easing of company listing rules. One has to pity the poor FCA, a subsidiary of the incompetent Bank of England, which was born in a world where the UK. EU was everything. Now the UK regulator is adrift just as London has lost its risk mojo. Anyway they're trying to secure a few simple reforms but alas it's more like a revolution the City of London requires rather than this tinkering at the edges. The problem is everything. The blob rules the markets, the FCA are broadly incapable of undoing the EU's straitjackets and freeing markets, while the politicians at the top have clearly no idea that growth isn't something the people's common turn can legislate to happen. The UK is in a tricky place as it faces up to an even more left-wing anti-business new government in 2024, or more of the useless same. On the broader view, the City of London needs to decide whether it is a mercantile hub with a risk appetite, or a place where bureaucratic corporates language... As they obsolesce. Indeed, furthermore, with the LSEG in a sort of data driven myopia of its own making former UK Chancellor of the Exchequer Ed Balls has called for a breakup of the London Stock Exchange Group essentially identifying the same points Exchange Invest has been making ad infinitum the sprawling LSEG behemoth has dropped the ball on its bourse and markets business with its crazed lurch into pure play data why does this matter? well, unless a miracle descends upon British politics and the Conservative Party remember governing is about doing and not condescending the electorate the condescending Labour Party will have the next chance to be in power if not probably in government however a bold move to break up the LSEG would please their socialist supporters and make them look decisive is out of his depth Dave going to be able to defend himself despite ironically being named one of the committee to help the shadow chancellor Rachel Reeves last month In a more positive note, somebody who does believe in their own platform, Aquas Exchange founder and CEO Alistair Haynes, buying 1,482 shares of his firm's stock just before Christmas, Wednesday, December 20th, a modest bargain of £5,500, that's nearly $7,000, at an average cost of £3.65 about $4.60 per share. Nonetheless, it's a gesture of confidence in his firm which is absent when it comes to most other cash-in options sell-out executives in the parish. Over in Stockholm, we hear Swedish traders have been calling the US stock market NASDAQ asking it to trim ours due to work-life balance. That was a story from Bloomberg. One is left to wonder, is there a potential FICA compromise of food with a coffee and cake break to help maintain Swedish work-life karma? Libya Stock Exchange. In a lovely Christmas gift to the parish, there was a resumption of trading on the Libyan Stock Exchange in Tripoli after a nine-year civil war hiatus on December 25th. There were ten listed companies when the exchange closed due to civil strife. Good to see it back in business. Meanwhile... While we didn't have any results in new markets, the Angolan Stock Exchange is looking to launch a commodities market to finance agriculture. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. In deals, it was a busy week for deals in the parish, remarkably so given the fact it was the Christmas period. All those deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in-capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. The Philippine Stock Exchange, finally! At last we can say one story which has been ongoing in some shape or form since the birth of EI 11 years ago and even before is looking likely to be resolved, with the Philippine SEC allowing the Manila Stock Exchange to buy the bond trading platform Philippine Dealing System Holdings Corp, better known as PDS Group. Elsewhere, euronext CEO is ruling out another possible all-funds bid in his acquisition hunt. But the fascinating point about this Bujna statement is a mention that he may move beyond the EU 27 nations. That may include a further beefing up of Euronext London, as already evidenced through 2023. But also there's the possibility he mentions of acquisitions in the UK, post-Brexit, or even as far afield as Asia. Elsewhere this week, we reported in Exchange Invest, the water cooler of the Boris business, that both Belgrade and one of the three Ukrainian stock exchanges are looking to increase their corporate capital with a dose of investment. If you want to keep up with that news, you need a subscription to Exchange Invest Daily, you can get that by going to exchangeinvest.com. Rush now, folks, because our prices are going up in the near future by the middle of January. Meanwhile, if you want to understand how technology is affecting life and markets, check out my most recent book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. It's a gripping read about how it's a binary world and your career will sustain or collapse in the next stage of the digital world's growth. Hence the title, Victory or Death, lest you need reminding of the exciting times for finance in which we are living. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for your copy of Victor Death to arrive, check out our live stream, Tuesdays 5pm London time, midday New York time, the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Our next show, Looking Back on A Year in Revolution 2023 Part 1, is coming next Tuesday. Finest Book of the Year, that will be back next week too, as soon as we have an Exchange Invest Weekend. If you're looking for something to read, a broader read about markets in general, the world economy and politics, then check out our Weekend Review Edition. You can sign up for that absolutely free. And you can get that at exchangeinvest.com. While you're there, why don't you consider getting a free one-month trial to Exchange Invest, also via exchangeinvest.com. Product news. The Shanghai Exchange, interestingly, they've increased margins for some shipping futures. Fascinating to ponder insofar as shipping rates remain volatile, but mostly as a result of vast drops in price over the past 12 months following the previous ever-given peaks of March 2021, driven by that ship's inadvertent handbrake turn blocking the Suez Canal. We'd seen prices going down. In recent weeks, the volatility has turned on the Red Sea issues with... Houthi Raiders proving problematic, hence the increase in margins. Technology news, well, lots of changes to settlement times being mooted. Even the Egyptian exchange is reportedly studying a new upgrade to its trading systems to allow T plus zero and also address various issues of tampering with the operations of the stock market. EDA in Qatar, they're not quite up with the zeitgeist of getting to T plus zero. They've just delayed until March 2024 a move from T plus three to T 2 in coordination with the qatar financial market authority at the request of the local custodians however in india sebi is taking its first steps to introduce instant settlement in the indian stock market that's going to move ultimately to a t plus zero settlement cycle Elsewhere in technology delays, uh, the UK reckons it can have a bond-consolidated tape live during 2024, but alas, the European Union is now targeting Q4 2025. In regulation news, the SEC is poised to rework the stock buyback rule after a court tossed it out. That's according to Bloomberg Law News. I'm reminded of a comment from the Berkshire Hathaway Annual Letter of 2022, and I quote, "...gains from value accretive repurchases. It should be emphasised to benefit all owners in every respect. Imagine, if you will, three fully informed shareholders of a local auto dealership, one of whom manages the business." Imagine further that one of the passive owners wishes to sell his interest back to the company at a price attractive to the two continuing shareholders. When completed, has this transaction harmed anyone? Is the manager somehow favoured over the continuing passive owners? Has the public been hurt? When you are told that all repurchases are harmful to shareholders or to the country or particularly beneficial to CEOs, you are listening to either an economic illiterate... Or a silver-tongued demagogue. Characters that are not mutually exclusive. R.I.P. Charlie Munger. In career news this week, well, there's been a lot of feedback and blowback and all manner of comment. predominantly positive about the arrival of the Hong Kong Exchange's first female CEO. Nicholas Agazan was not fortunate, and overall I cannot help but feel that part of the problem here remains the ludicrous conceit that a top-tier banker can simply walk into running an exchange seamlessly. That's not to criticise Agazan per se, as he did a lot to maintain the HKEX profile worldwide, and I do not think he made any significant errors. However, pushing bankers into the C-suite remains an interesting quirk of the parish, a masochistic prevailing tendency to deploy outsiders to run bourses, where there is a growing cadre of insiders who get the for-profit electronic digital market approach. Heaven knows, it's been 25 years, so on earth there can be those who do not get the plot. No, 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 don't email me, my ladies and gentlemen. I know there are all too many of them. They're also notable, I have to say, that those parties do not read Exchange Invest, I hasten to add. Anyway... On the broader picture of hong kong exchanges farewell to nicholas agazan again i wish him all the best we're really excited at exchange invest to see bonnie chan taking the helm hong kong goes through remarkable paroxysms of doom and cyclical downturns and this is a typical series of the genre the future for hong kong exchanges is spectacular meanwhile there was an interesting footnote in the past week via yahoo from the south china morning post And I quote, The city's market regulator has been inundated with applications from financial firms and individuals seeking financial services licenses despite a downturn in the capital market. Elsewhere in career news this week, the NGX Group has announced the appointments of Timi Popula and Jude Chemieka as GMD CEO-designate of Nigerian Exchange Group PLC and acting CEO of Nigerian Exchange Limited ahead of the retirement as planned of Oscar Onyema. The Budapest Borse they've elected a new chairman, Barnabas Virag, a deputy governor of the National Bank of Hungary, who replaces another National Bank of Hungary deputy governor, Mihaly Patai. Over in India, SEBI have approved the appointment of Pramod Agraval as BSE chairman. Pramod Agraval is a former IAS officer of the Madhya Pradesh cadre and has served as Coal India chairman from February 2022 to June 2023. I must admit I'm not overly convinced about perpetually adding retired civil servants as exchange chairman, albeit Sebi seems to clearly like this approach. And then, ladies and gentlemen, when we look to big world, well, we're actually looking to big world within the parish. Tom Petterfee, the mega multi-billionaire founder and overall commander of Interactive Brokers, according to Forbes, has never read a single investment book a highly educating fact in and of itself. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, thank you for listening to this EI Weekly Podcast 226. Join us daily via exchangeinvest.com for the newsletter of the voice business. Or if you've a new exchange you'd like built, get in touch. My name is Patrick L. Young, and I wish you all a great week in life and markets. Thanks for listening. <music>